0: And back at it for another night, the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. John Pinkett's from The Firm is here doing all the heavy lifting. Your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number, one triple eight two two five. 225 talk That number is absolutely toll-free to call in, get your questions answered. Maybe you're just sitting around the house going, man, I, I just got a bit of a spidey sense that something's going on at work, or maybe I'm going to be out the door soon, or perhaps you've got a severance offer in front of you, a friend of you uh, told you today that they got let go, something of that nature. Give us a call, get the information you need, and get uh, John to talk to you in depth about your situation. That's what this hour is for on Mondays, Wednesdays, the weekends as well. And a reminder that uh, you can catch us on TV, Employment Hour at 30. That happens Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. on Global TV. So to get us started, John, as always, we uh, get to the week that was. What has been happening with you, my friend?
1: Yeah, good evening and good to be with you. And for everyone that's listening, I hope you listen and call in. And if you don't want to use your name, use another name. We don't really mind. It's really about answering your questions. And a lot of people assume, and, and as you're, you'll hear about it, the things we discussed today, a lot of people assume when they work for a company for a long time, they're just going to do right by them. But as you find that that's not always the case. And sometimes. Uh, companies just really want to save money, and sometimes it's not—it's uh, not about the relationship you have with them. And when it comes time, they don't—they can't afford you anymore. Then a lot of that relationship goes out the window, unfortunately. So mm. this is kind of borne out by a few of the things that I encountered over the last couple of weeks. One was uh, an individual I spoke with, who told me he just lost his job and was paid no severance. And when I asked the him if the company gave him a reason, he told me it was because the company said he quit. And so of course I asked him, well, did you quit? And then, unsurprisingly, he said, no, no, I didn't quit. So why did the company do this? Well, apparently his performance had been down lately and the company gave him an ultimatum. Either we're going to terminate your employment for cause or you can quit. If we terminate your employment for cause, you won't get a reference letter and you won't be able to get a job because you won't have a reference letter. So now he's faced with quite a bleak choice, but the lesser of two evils seems to be to quit. So he says, okay, I choose to, quote unquote, quit. But of course, that's not really quitting at all, is it? And the law sees right through that. What the law says is that a resignation has to be clear, it has to be unequivocal, and most importantly, it has to be voluntary. If someone is telling you to quit, that's not quitting, that's a termination. That's exactly what I told this individual, and so we're working on a severance package now. And if you're an employee in this situation, you know, the lesson here is don't quit just because the employer tells you to, even if that seems like it's the better option. If you're given an ultimatum like that, which, believe it or not, is really not all that uncommon, and you don't actually want to quit, well, the answer is very simple. I'm going to continue working, and I'm not going to quit. The company can, of course, fire you, but they will have to pay you your full severance unless they have cause for dismissal. And just cause is going to be very difficult to establish. Certainly it would have been, never have been just cause just because someone's performance is down slightly as they were suggesting at this person. They have to have been given warnings, an opportunity to improve, and they really have to demonstrate that they're just completely incompetent at their job. It usually causes to be fairly egregious, something like fraud, stealing, serious dishonesty. And when a company knows that they don't have cause, they, they try and often engage in these kinds of games. So don't be a victim to that.
0: You know, it's funny. A lot of people you hear these stories of people saying they you know, they'd be given a similar, uh, you know, uh, here's your choice, this or this, and they quit because overall they want to save face; they don't want to look bad, even though it's a terrible choice.
1: It's it's a non-choice, right? It's it's uh, it's a choice that it's it's really a choiceless choice, right? You're you're saying either you're fired or you're fired. This way, we're giving you a reference letter, and this way, we're not. I mean, what the question yeah. is really that's really being asked is, do you want a reference letter? And by saying right. I quit, people are saying yes. So. But but don't don't do that. Don't give the the employer that option because when you w- want to negotiate your severance, you want to be able to have as least obstacles as possible. And it's m- certainly much simpler if the employer just terminates your employment outright.
0: Again, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell one triple eight two two five. Talk. What else you got going on, pal?
1: So the next case that I want to talk about is another uh, individual who was working for a small company for twenty years. It seemed like a fairly straightforward situation. Mm-hmm. He's let go without cause. And the employer is so the employer is acknowledging they don't have a good reason to fire him, which any employer in Ontario can do. They just have to pay the proper severance. So this individual was in his late 40s and was earning over $140,000 in a sales position. The severance package they offered to him was six months' pay, six months' pay for 20 years' service. And he asked them, Why are you giving me such a low severance package? And the company said, well, because you work in a sales position, look how strong our economy is, it's the lowest unemployment rate in 40 years, you should be able to find a new job tomorrow. I spoke with this individual, and I I did explain to him, yes, it is true. If you find a new job before your case is settled, your entitlement to severance will go down, and it could go down significantly. Some might argue that sales jobs are plentiful in this economy, but not for this person. You see, he lived in a very remote community, and had a salary that was well over the industry average. Mm-hmm. And what I told them was, you've just lost your job of 20 years. You haven't had to look for a job since the 1990s. There's no absolutely no reason why you should have to settle for a job where you're earning half of your pay. Yes, you should look for a job, but you should look for a job for something that's actually comparable. That's what severance is for, not so you can take a job at McDonald's. And so we're negotiating with the company right now Fortunately, they've retained a lawyer, and I think gradually they're starting to see the light. So I think the takeaway here is if you're an employee who's lost their job and are thinking, you know what, if I took a job that paid less money, I could probably get a job soon. Now, of course, that's your prerogative. You can do that. But think very carefully. You should be looking for comparable employment. And if a job pays a little bit less, a little bit farther away, and has a little less benefits, sure, that could be comparable. But many jobs will not be. Severance is not just about you finding any job. It's supposed to give you the financial security to find a job so you can pick up essentially where you left off. So don't sell yourself short.
0: We'll grab a, a couple of phone calls as we roll on here. Got uh, Don on Like, hey, uh, Hey, Don, how are you? Good evening.
2: I'm well. Thank you.
0: Good. You What's going okay? on with you? Yeah, we're good.
2: Okay. okay. Hey, I got let go seven weeks ago. I'm, I was a director, uh, executive level job with... Um, Am I allowed to say the name of the company maybe I shouldn't eh? I, I would. Man, have,
1: I would avoid don't it <laughs> I would avoid okay. saying the name okay. of the company
2: all right it was let's just say it's a large telecom company and uh, I had a, uh, a director level role with that and um, and I was there for less than three years uh, prior to that I was with um, another really large IT company um, and it's uh, I was with them for 17 years I actually got hunted out of um, that company um uh, I think it's called inducement or inducement. being, Correct. being, being right. lured. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I came, when I got hunted out, I came over to this new company and I said, "Hey, what about my 17 years there? I'm fairly senior job, and I'm leaving that behind. And you guys are giving me a great career path here." And uh, they said, "Well, look, Dom, we won't give you um, actual terms on what we'll give you for uh, involuntary separation, but we'll say that we'll do it um, in a." Uh, the exact the exact words were uh, consistent with your experience and your uh, level, and so they assured me that that was something that would provide a bit of a um, a continued service, uh, you know, uh, seniority uh, that would that would that would carry forward. Uh, here we are, just uh, less than three years into the new job, and a lot of cost pressures, and uh, there, there were no performance issues. It was all about restructuring. And uh so on the way out I got uh, totally low balls. I got uh, I got 3 months. Um so I'm feeling kind of fighting mad about that and um I feel like that's not right. I think I should be treated like uh, you know some factor of that 17 years sure. as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. Now do you remember when you now you you had an an employment agreement of some sort? I think you were mentioning that you were asking about severance and they were just saying they're going to give you something Commensurate with your years of service. Did you have something formal with them? Some yeah, formal yeah. written?
2: Yeah, I guess, yeah, I, well, I have an employment contract, and okay. the words in it for the uh, involuntary separation is is um, we will we will provide you know severance benefits to you um, according to your experience and level.
1: Interesting. And okay. And
2: that's as far as they go. I think it's really intentionally vague. I, I think I got. I, I'm not the only. Um, right. executive that got brought in with the, with that wording and I think yeah. it's intentionally vague and and um, I feel kind
1: of... Well, well vague you know. is your friend when it comes time to negotiating severance, so that's the good news. So, you know, what I'm hearing does sound like you're entitled to more than that. You could be entitled to, to much more than that and, you know, there's a few other details that, that we'd want to go over, which I, you know, I won't force you to talk about on air, things like your salary okay. and, and, and your age and those sorts of things. Um,
2: so, well, I don't. I, you know what? I don't mind. Like this, this. I'm I'm 56 years old. Okay. And like th- this was a director level job. I was making about 250 thousand. You know, all in uh, okay. a year. And so it, it it it's a it's a pretty traumatic job to to, to get that. And yeah. And I'm 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 now like seven weeks into starting to noodle around in a job market. And and there's there is ageism. There is there is Uber. limited limited opportunities yep. for uh, for those
1: kinds of jobs right so, so i i would determine conservatively conservatively that you're owed double that double that you've been offered and the the question of inducement that that's definitely a relevant factor here and what the law says about inducement is it does have a decreasing effect as time goes on right so it's very different for someone who's recruited and let go two weeks later as opposed to someone Who's uh, recruited and, and let go three years later, but it still has an effect. It has an effect right around up until the three- to four-month mark, uh, four-year mark, excuse me. So okay. that is going to be a factor. Is, is does it mean that you get credit, you know, month per year for your priors of service? Not necessarily, but it's definitely going to be a driving force in pushing your entitlements upwards.
2: The wow. the you, so your back of the envelope is 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 six months. Uh, is what I should be entitled
1: to? I would say that you're entitled to right around six months for a scenario like that. Director-level job, making that kind of income with with that kind of service. I mean, even in the absence of inducement, you would arguably be owed six months. With with inducement, you could um, you could arguably, and, and again, the, the argument will is is not as as straightforward but you can certainly make the argument that you'd be entitled to even more than that because you'd uh, because you were recruited years earlier and that's that's going to have an effect too and that's something that the company's going to have to grapple with because it's it's going to be something that the law is going to consider. So absolutely, you should not be accepting this this three-month package. That's okay. going to be the kind of job that's going to obviously be difficult to replace good economy or not. Those jobs don't grow on trees. So yeah. I would definitely give us a call because, like oh, I said, yeah. I, I would say you're, you're owed, uh, conservatively, I think you're owed double that. Uh, that's okay. that's a not a good severance offer. And so definitely give us a call, and I'm, I'm sure okay. we can help
0: you out with that. Don that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred email is help at employmenthour.com, and that's where we'll leave it for now back to your phone calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and you can try 225 talk that number is toll free lots more coming up here the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour this is Global News Radio. Got open phone lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one 225 talk That number is toll-free. John Pincus covering the show tonight, answering all of your questions, dishing out the advice, and in between the calls, we'll get to some of your emails later on and why employers offer bad severance packages. We'll cover that as well. First, of all, Matthew, uh, thanks for hanging in through the break, fella. How are you? Bye, so
2: Thank you for taking my call. appreciate it. No worries. My um, question is, um, I've been, uh, I'm in a union, I've been a unionized employee for about 11 years now. They've started posting supervisor spots in my company, which supervisors are not unionized. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if I apply for one of those and actually get it and accept it, um, and let's say I get laid off or fired or something happened, would uh, my severance package be just like my term of the supervisor, or would it be my total term of being a unionized employee and a supervisor with the company? Good question.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So what I would say is, yeah, you, yes, your total length of service will be taken into account. Obviously, you're not going to have the protections of the collective agreement, but instead you're going to have the protections of the law that we discuss on this show, and it's going to be your age, your position, and your length of service. So if you were employed in a different capacity before and you're, you're let go, I mean, what's really going to, to matter is when you get that supervisor role, if they give you a contract, read very carefully what that contract says and, and consider having it reviewed by an employment lawyer because what it may say is something along the lines of, you recognize that we're not going to recognize any of your prior years of service mm-hmm. if you accept this role. So if you do that, it might be a problem. Uh, on the other hand, if if it says something along the lines of, and sometimes it is this express, we will recognize your prior years of service, your vacation entitlement carries over, other benefits carry over, uh, you're, you're referenced in you know internal systems and internal documents as, as having your full years of service, well, then obviously they're treating you as an employee with the, your full years of service. So it, it is context-specific, but generally speaking, unless there's something expressed to the contrary then uh, that that is going to count towards your severance. So just take a look and be very careful about anything you sign before you start this position.
0: Awesome tips. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Matthew we appreciate uh, your call I mean it, it's almost like a general rule I mean if you're part of a union you're you're taken care of on the front end as far as you got great benefits you mm-hmm. got great uh, this that, and the other thing but it's the back end where you don't want to be in a union right cuz he's he's going to have disproportionately greater severance if he's in a supervisory role and they recognize his previous service as as opposed to just being let go say if he's still part of the union right it's a trade off right
1: if yeah. you're in a union there's there's certainly benefits that will occur to you while you're still employed and there are things that a union can do for you while you're still employed. But when you are let go, if you're let go, and if the union uh, doesn't chooses not to or is not able to protect your job for some reason, you're going to end up with far less entitlements and less options than someone who's not in the yeah. union. So it's a trade off. That's the best way to, to think about it.
0: Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, the number one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Got uh, Chris on the line. Hey, Chris, good evening.
3: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I just have a quick question. My wife is uh, uh, being terminated from a unionized position, and I'm wondering if we actually have to use the uh, the grievance process through
4: the union or if we can retain a lawyer.
1: So the, the answer to your question is, no, you, you do have to use uh, the union. You have to... Uh, contact your local union representative, and they are your advocate, right? When you are a part of a union, uh, you live and die by the collective agreement, and so that they, that is the remedy that you have to go by. And so, uh, unfortunately, you do not have the option uh, to retain a lawyer in that circumstance.
5: Okay, thank you.
0: No problem. Okay, thank you, Chris. The perfect example right there, right? Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. you can't go outside the CBA. Or you, you, even as much as you'd love to help them, you can't legally help them.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are examples where people have launched duty of fair representation cases against unions, but those are are really, really rare and um, a a bit of a dog's breakfast. So generally speaking, you should assume that if you're in a union, the union, they are your lawyer for all intents and purposes. They're your advocate. right? right? That's who you go to.
0: Give me some details on the uh, severance pay calculator because I know you guys do in your head, but uh, for everybody else out there, it's a simple online tool, right?
1: Yeah, it's a tool that I think we're really proud of because it's anonymous, it's free, and and most of all, it's easy. It's very accessible, and it's it's a great antidote to a lot of the misinformation that's out there and the incomplete information that you'll get if you go onto, let's say the Ministry of Labor's website. So the Ministry of Labor's website can give you information about your minimum entitlements. The severance pay calculator can give you information about your full entitlements. So it tells you the other half of the story and for most people that's the part of the story that really matters. So if you go into the severance pay calculator you'll Type in your age, your position, your length of service, and it'll give you a range of what your entitlements could be. And then you'll know if you've gotten a good severance package or not. And sometimes people go there and they find out that, you know what, the severance package I was offered was pretty good. That happens sometimes. Most of the time, people go on there and they find out, wow, I'm being shorted. And not only am I being shorted, but I'm being shorted by tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm few weeks later uh, they've you know they've called us we've negotiated a package for them and they can't believe it that all of a sudden there's a you know there's a check at their doorstep and it, that, that's really as hard to believe that's really how, how often it works because employers will lowball you and that's not always the case but you don't have to you don't have to wonder you don't have to
0: guess that's what the severance pay calculator is for severancepaycalculator.com desktop, laptop, use it on your uh, tablet, on your cell phone, it's it's usable, it's easy, it takes about 30 seconds to punch in three pieces of basic information you want to walk away after that, just having the knowledge uh, for yourself, that's fine, or there's a contact button at the bottom, you can contact John or Lee or another member of the team anytime, 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale to call the show tonight till around 10 to 8, you can also have the option of one triple eight two two five talk that number is toll free and of course there's email if you're a little bashful help at employmenthour.com. So why employees offer bad severance packages? Number one, uh, their employees don't realize they're entitled to more, right? So ignorance is bliss, well, for the employer. Ignorance really is bliss for the
1: employer. And, <laughs> you know, often what we tell our employer clients who are... Um, Having you know having trouble offering what the actual entitlements are, or they think their employees are going to get a job soon. You say, well, you just I mean, you can hope that uh, that they don't overthink this. You can hope that they don't go to a lawyer. But for employees who do go to a lawyer, they're going to find out that over ninety percent of the severance offers uh, that uh, any that we see anyway are inadequate. Now that's that's not a statistics. I don't know exactly how many are inadequate. Mm-hmm. Just just yeah. to be clear, but. The, I think it's fair to say that at, at least the vast majority of severance packages you find out there are, are not just uh, a little bit inadequate but very inadequate. You know, for example, the gentleman we spoke to earlier who was saying he was offered three months' pay. Right. Okay, well, he was – I think he mentioned he was earning $140,000. Well, I mean you just do the math, right? We were talking about his actual entitlements being conservatively, conservatively six months' pay. So what's – you know, three months' pay of $140,000. That's a lot of money. So – that there, There is this assumption that, well, you know, could, this seems like a lot of money. It's more than the Employment Standards Act, so why should I be entitled to more? So you really have to speak to a lawyer. Don't make any assumptions, or at the very least, go on severancepaycalculator.com and find out for yourself.
0: Good to uh, Joe here. Hey, Joe, good evening. Thanks for calling in. How are you? Good. Yourselves? Good. What's going, uh, what's going on with you, pal?
5: Uh, basically, uh, two years ago, I, uh, got into a uh, accident at work and, uh, was in the whole triumph of, uh, WSIB, nothing ever went wrong with WSIB, even though I have doctors' papers backing me and stuff like that. And, uh, basically I'm at the point where financially I have to go back to work and, uh, they said I'm no longer needed at work and I was just wondering where I stand in that position.
1: Sorry, how, how long were you off work for? Two years. Two years. And they've just said they don't need you anymore. Correct. Okay. Um, so they have probably taken the very uh, unwise, ill-advised position that your employment's been frustrated. Have they used that word with you? Have they said your employment's been frustrated, or do they just say, we don't need you anymore?
5: They have basically have just, uh, I went to go pick up a last check, and I was like, so what about going back to work, and they were like, sorry, you no longer have a job here. This was said to me by a secretary.
1: Okay, well, you know, if the question is what are you entitled to here, it definitely could be something significant. So let's just let's just go over a few questions. So uh, how old are you? 38. Okay, and um, how long have you been working in total for this company? 10 years. 10 years, okay, and what's the position that you have?
5: Uh, I was a forklift driver and warehouse employee. Or click driver
1: okay, so someone like you could easily be entitled to six to eight months of their pay right so uh you know without even knowing what your salary is i'm guessing that that's probably going to be fairly significant for you so you, you definitely don't want to let this go there, there's one of two things that they could be asserting here now you were mentioning you always you always gave them uh, doctor's notes now was your was your employer always apprised of what was going on um uh... Sorry, say that again? Did the company know that you were still off sick, that you were still giving doctor's notes? Were they kept in the loop about this?
5: Yes, correct.
1: Okay. So there's there's two ways that, the, that an organization can try and uh, snake out of paying severance pay in a situation like this. So the first thing they can do is they can say, well, employee, your employment has been frustrated. You can't come back to work. Of course, that's not, that's not going to be the case in your case because they're going to have to prove that they asked your doctor... Can this individual ever come back to work? And the doctor has to say, well, the prognosis is very guarded. It doesn't look like he's going to come back. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like he's going to come back in the foreseeable future. But what I'm hearing from you, and stop me if I'm wrong, but from what I'm hearing from you, it just sounds like that didn't happen. So they're going to have a problem there. The other thing that the company may try to do is they may try to say, well, employee, you haven't been back for a while, so you've abandoned your employment. Well, that's not going to work for them either because mm-hmm. – just because you're sick and unable to come to work doesn't mean you've abandoned your employment. If you've kept them in the loop, they knew that you were sick, they knew that you were sending doctor's notes, they've accepted those doctor's notes. They cannot all of a sudden turn around and say, well, you've abandoned your job. So the short of it is you're going to be entitled to severance pay here, and it's going to be something significant. And you know, if you if you add up with six months of your pay, as I imagine that's going to be something uh fairly, you know, fairly substantial that you're not going to want to walk away from. So, cool. so so here's what I want you to do. Give us a call. We'll talk to you. This is not going to be something that's going to be difficult to resolve. I've, I've actually dealt with a number of employers who have made this exact mistake before. Usually we don't have to escalate. We can resolve it just through negotiations, through discussions, through letters. And usually within about four to six weeks, uh, we've gotten you a severance package and, you know, this is a human rights violation, uh, arguably, or well, quite, quite uh, probably. Uh, it's certainly a wrongful dismissal. So don't walk away from this. Give us a call. We can help you out.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Joe. That number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help 821 Employment Hour dot com through email as well. You want to talk to John after the show? That's a, a good way to do it. Talking about why employers do offer bad severance packages. You touched on this one a few moments ago, and that is the employer relied on advice dun 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 from the Ministry of Labor. Your pals,
1: right? So the example that we were just talking about with Joe is is an employer that is really actively trying to get out of their obligations and acting yep. in a a fairly um, not not, not terribly commendable fashion. Mm. But in some cases, employers really just don't know any better. Sometimes employers just don't know they owe more than the minimum amounts in the Employment Standards Act. They go on the Ministry of Labor's website. They call the Ministry of Labor. They call their friend who went on the Ministry of Labor website, and they say, oh, well, he's worked here for eight years. The Ministry of Labor says, I owe eight weeks. Well, full severance entitlements are not governed by the Employment Standards Act. So it's not that the Ministry of Labor is giving information that's wrong. They're just giving information that's incomplete. And the reason they're doing that is because they don't have authority to give more information than that. They, they're only licensed to talk about the Employment Standards Act. And for most people, that's just not where your entitlements end. For the vast majority of people, it's going to be your full severance entitlements with respect to your age, your position, and your length of service. So for some someone who works for someone for 20 years could be told by the Ministry of Labor they're entitled to eight weeks' pay. Depending on the situation, that same person's entitlements, full entitlements, could be two years' pay. Yeah. So, so, you know, imagine someone who's earning $70,000 per year. That means that this person would be throwing away almost $130,000, and that happens. So the lesson here is when it comes to severance, Always, always speak to a lawyer, and just because your employers referred to the, the Ministry of Labor, uh, don't accept that. And if you're an employer, if you're a small business, you know, we, we beat up on employers a lot here, but a lot of times employers are just trying to do right by their employees, and they just don't know. So don't assume that what the Ministry of Labor says is correct. Give us a call, and we can help you find out what's appropriate and, and you know, make sure that you're not paying too much, but also that you're not paying too little, that you're going to be faced with a claim from your employee.
0: Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell, and one triple eight two two five talk. That number is toll free to call in till around ten to eight tonight. You have questions, bring them on. John here to answer them. In the meantime, we're talking about why employers offer bad severance packages, and uh, this one, whether you call it uh, you know employee ignorance or playing the odds or hedging their bets, the employer believes that the employee, on average, won't take action. They'll just accept it.
1: So th- this happens a lot where employers know that maybe the employee is a little bit meek or, or to, use, uh, to borrow the word that uh, you used earlier, John, bashful, right? Uh-oh. So Some employees believe that their employer will be too upset if they seek a better severance package and employers will capitalize on this fear. They'll tell employees sometimes, well, you don't want to get a lawyer involved. It's just going to make things messy. Well, th- this is completely misplaced. Severance negotiations are not acrimonious. They are business negotiations for the vast majority of the time. Most employers are not going to want to hurt your job opportunities because if they do that, they're going to have even more liability. Because remember that liability for severance is based on the fact that it's going to take you time to find a comparable position, and your employer is going to be responsible for a large part of that time, often that whole time. So, in fact, my approach is actually to set a positive tone in my letter first to the lawyer, assertive but not aggressive this is the law. I set out the law. I, I say, we're not trying to hurt the company. We're trying to get the appropriate severance package that is owed to you under the law. And, and look, I can understand if you've, if you've worked in a small shop with three to four people, maybe you're extremely close with the owner. Maybe you don't want to get anyone else involved if it's that personal. But just remember, this is, this is your future. And this is about how you're going to pay the bills over the next three months, six months, t- 12 months.
0: And, you know, it's the next one. The list really goes hand in hand with the one saying, "You know, you don't want to go anywhere else. You don't want to call a lawyer." And at the bottom of that little package they give you will be a deadline, and they use that deadline as a pressure tactic. Friday at five, or by early next week, you got to have it back to us for that offer, right?
1: Right. Every termination letter I've ever seen has a deadline on it, and yeah. it doesn't surprise me because every termination letter I've ever written has also included a deadline on it. There's there's a reason for this. It's it's meant to force employees to really think about the offer that's being made and try and dissuade them from asking for more. Remember that that a severance package that's being offered uh, is not being offered out of benevolence. It's not being offered out of the goodness of an employer's heart. It's being offered because the the company really does want you to sign that release. And so I, I can tell you as someone who advises employers, I would never advise a company to pull a severance offer or change the amount offered because the deadline was missed. The last thing the employer wants to do is invite a lawsuit. And asking the employee to sign a release is exactly to avoid that.
0: Right. 416-870-6400, Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale, or one triple eight two two five talk is the number. Carmen, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on with you?
4: So, about I, I've been working for a company for about a little over four years. And when I was first hired, which is actually the usual practice amongst all the employees, we signed a uh, a like a termination clause, which said that if we were ever uh, terminated, that we would get one week per year, which I guess is employment standards. Standard, and and that's it. So we signed that document, and um, I work for a U.S. company with a Canadian, with also a Canadian head office. So we do have a CEO here,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
4: although our region reports into uh, the United States. So, and and also, by the way, I also I make a a base pay, and then I also have a commission portion to how I'm paid. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Okay. So a lot a lot here to work through. So let, let's let start with the first one, which is the termination clause. And that, that's really, it's a very good question and something that, that I hope our listeners really um, listen to here because a lot of people these days will sign employment letters that or offer letters or employment contracts, employment agreements that include what's called a termination clause. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those termination clauses can limit your entitlements, but they have to be drafted Properly, And the Supreme Court spoke to this uh, over 25 years ago. And amazingly, people still get it wrong time and time again, and people will continue to get it wrong. So don't assume that because you have a termination clause, that is going to limit your entitlements because it has to be drafted legally. And by the way, what you just described is not a legal termination clause. So I'd, I'd obviously I'd have to take a look at it, but you know if you sent that employment letter to me in about two minutes or thirty seconds, I could tell you if that employment agreement is going to be enforceable. And based on what you're telling me, it's not. Now the second thing is the fact that it's a U.S. based company going to affect your entitlements, uh, especially given that they have Canadian uh, offices. No, the entitlements are the same. Now it means that we might be working with an American uh, lawyer to negotiate your severance, but it doesn't mean. Uh, that it, that's not going to have any impact on your severance entitlements. And the last that. thing that you spoke to is, mm-hmm. which is also a good point, is the fact that you had base pay and commissions. And w- what what I want you to consider is severance is supposed to be making you whole over a period of time as a replacement for working notice. So what the law says is you wouldn't have just gotten your base salary if you'd kept working, you would have got your commissions too. So your severance is going to take into account both of those things.
4: Interesting. So if, I, if it ever came down to it. Uh, even though they said, "Look, you already signed this document, mm-hmm. and here's your, you know, here's your, your payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign this and go away, or we won't give you this money." Mm-hmm. Then what should be my statement back? Uh, I'll have to review this with counsel and then come see you guys. Precisely. I like would,
1: uh, yeah. Uh. I would just say, you know, what I, I usually advise people not to mention anything about lawyers. I think you just say, "I've got to think about it." Then you give us a call, and then we'll yeah. help you out.
4: I see, but if they say, "Sign this now, or you won't get your money." That could never happen anyway so that would just be some kind of scare tactic so I yeah say, oh, they I need to review this with my wife or whatever
1: exactly I mean they they can't withhold your minimum entitlements if they want to offer you something more than it's in than that's in the employment agreement then they can mm-hmm. say we'll give you more than this but only if you sign but they can't actually withhold what's in the employment agreement because that's the deal you don't have to sign a release to get that
4: interesting okay that's uh that's great information of uh I'm hoping not to be terminated. But <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, right. No kidding. I to know no know kidding. If ever Thanks a so lot.
0: That's a great so call. Call, thanks, call. Thanks, Carmen. Thanks, Carmen. Appreciate that. If you need uh, the number, by the way, 1-855-821-5900. Moving forward to help at com. Get to uh, to George. Hey, George. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good, brother. What's going on? Um. So, I was terminated. I work for a professional
3: services firm. Uh, I was a senior executive. I had a termination clause. Uh, I just checked your website, and um, I was—I'm actually owed double, uh, yeah. based on your your calculator, double than what I received. That's right. I guess my question is: um, Is there like a statutory limit to you know contractual payouts? I mean, yes. can I go back and revisit it, or is it done? And uh, you know, I'm—I'm—I can't—I can't change what's already been done.
1: So this is a very important question, and I, ho- and I hope people listening really take note of this. Uh, there is a statu- There is a a limitation period, and the limitation period is two years. Two years from the day you receive notice of your termination. So once it's beyond two years, um, barring a very very significant exception, you know you were sick for a period of time, or you you know you didn't have your, uh, you know you had some kind of medical condition or something like that. Generally speaking, that that is, uh, with very few exceptions. The strict limitation deadline two years from the date that you have notice.
3: Well, this happened less than six months ago. Okay, well, oh.
1: then you're still good, <laughs> but still a, a very important consideration. So, I, I, you know, there's no reason to wait, but uh, you certainly have time and you can certainly give us a call, and I would because fortunately for you, you're within that two year limitation period.
3: So, what would, I mean, I guess it would be subject to reviewing the documentation, but I mean, what would be the overriding, um, you know, legal basis for reversing or revisiting? Is it simply looking for legal error in, in how the the document or the yeah the verbiage
0: I mean, could be incorrect? The
3: right,
1: the termination clause. We Ugh. could probably do a two uh, two or three hour show uh, about all the ah, things okay. that can go wrong with a termination clause. <laughs> um, it's it's it can be very simple. It can be very complicated. Usually, it comes down to just them having to comply with the Employment Standards Act. But there's about there's about five dozen ways they can violate the Employment Standards Act. There's there's a couple main ones that we focus on, uh, but it is it's not a simple answer in in, in terms okay. of you know in terms of all the reasons why. But the good news is I can tell you if your employment co- agreement right. is legal and if the termination clause is legal just by looking at it in a matter of a few minutes. And, the, you know, the other question we want to ask is, is the whole contract going to be enforceable? And so if you, for instance, started working and received the contract two weeks after you started working or only signed it three, four weeks in, then the whole contract goes out the window. So there's a lot of different ways that we can look at in terms of uh, potentially you having greater entitlements than what's in the contract.
3: Okay. So one other quick question, if I may. Sure. If I if I had agreed to um, the termination clause and you know whatever severance you know you know whatever amount um, and based on your your website calculator I I've been entitled to more than that what what's the basis of it isn't doesn't the company just unilaterally decide what. Um, you know, what severance they choose to give to an employee?
1: Well, a lot of companies certainly think that way, uh, but the the basis that the basis of the law says it's your age, your position, your length of service, and that's what the courts decide. It's not up to employers, it's up to the courts, and this is what they've said, and this is the, this been the state of the law for the last you know fifty, sixty years.
2: Okay,
3: great.'ll I'll check you guys out.
0: George, appreciated some good calls, some good information there for everybody that was listening. So again, just to, to go through once again, severancepaycalculator.com. If you haven't used that before, make sure you check it out. As John said, basic pieces of information, your age, uh, your length of employment, and your job. We'll basically give you the information at the bottom how much severance you are owed. There is a contact button at the bottom of the severance pay calculator. You can contact John, Lior, a member of the team. It works on any platform, so make sure you haven't tried it yet. We're, uh, by the way, uh, close to 500,000 people, John, using the severance pay calculator Amazing. last time we checked. So it's a pretty, pretty cool tool. We've got to thank uh, John for doing the show tonight. Excellent. We'll uh, reconvene here Wednesday evening. The number is 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at employmenthour.com. Till next time, this is uh, the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.